Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. You are hearing us online, I suppose. Now, both both forms of, of transmission are online. It's a question of just which one you choose. Ah, the semantics of it all. We're here as a radio loop, which is to say the second link on our homepage, which gives you access to this show, this very show, uh, running in a loop at whatever point in the loop it is, hence replicating more or less the experience you'd have turning on your local radio in your car, in your home, the one sitting on top of the refrigerator in the morning, you know, the one that you flick on to listen to rambling with gambling. Oh, God, is that a self-dating situation? But there you go. Um, or, of course, there's the standard or more standard uh, rule of thumb for the day, uh, and that is getting it online as a podcast. That is the first link on the homepage. Yes, we are an equal age-respecting organization, Center Left Radio is. Pick it up any way you like, uh, but listen. And, and, and listen in especially to, to what, I, what I'm noticing and, 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 and something that I think I need to, I want to share this with you this morning. Um, I, I woke up to, as I usually do, I'm, I'm always uh, um, listening to something in the morning or watching something in the morning. Uh, it's the local news, it's picking up the weather, it's finding out how many people were killed the night before, we're in the New York area here, how many people died of gun violence, how many other uh, terrible things may have happened, uh, who was killed in an accident, but usually there's a few death by gun stories. And it's, it's just standard. It's standard procedure. There was that, and outside of that, I usually get over to MSNBC or CNN. I might even listen to Fox for a moment just to see what they're uh, avoiding on uh, this morning. You know, in other words, what's the diversion that Fox wants uh, its its listeners, viewers, uh, to kind of focus on to focus away from things that might have more more bearing on their lives, rather just uh, rather what what how do they want them to basically be emotionally whipped up? What is the emotional red meat that Fox is is doling out today, rather than the factual stuff that would actually affect them. And I, I didn't go there this morning. But, but before all else, there was a, um, a statistic that came up that since his indictment, Donald Trump's approval rating has plummeted to 25%. Now, now, in and of itself, that's not, that's not the full story that I want to tell here. It's not like, yay, Donald's at 25%, and here now, and now let's have the weather and the traffic. No, no, that, that's not how I'm presenting that. It'd be one thing if this was a new politician uh, ascending, and no one really knew who the guy was, 
And he basically, uh, you know, in an effort to become recognized, he's, he's building up his numbers. Now, you'll recall that while Trump was president, on average, his approval rating was always, uh, it hovered around 40%. I, I think, I, I don't remember him ever breaking 50%. And obviously, in the end, that, that all came home to roost in the election of 2020. Uh, but him dropping down, he's, he's, been, he's been up as high as 35 or 40 of late since he got, in fact, he's been not too far from where he was when he was in the White House. But now, since the indictment, he's down to 25%. One in four Americans have a favorable view of Donald Trump. Three in four Americans say he's unfavorable. Okay, just, just hold that fact in the back of your mind and then begin overlaying the news. You'll recall that two uh, lawmakers in Tennessee, two state lawmakers, both with the first name of Justin, Justin Jones and who was the other fellow? I'm trying to think of their names. Um, both of these guys, both black, uh, were kicked out of, just kicked out of, the uh, Tennessee legislature by a vote of something like, I think it was 72 to 25, some, some outlandishly uh, lopsided uh, basis for doing this simply because the numbers were there. The Republican numbers were there. And the reason they were kicked out is because they objected. They wanted the Tennessee legislature to do something about gun violence. They wanted them to do something to take up the issue of, uh, of gun violence, of murder by, by guns. And, and they did it under rather compelling circumstances, rather responsibly responding to the murder of three nine-year-old kids and three workers in a private school in a, in a nice area of Nashville a few days earlier and saying, you know, we got to do something about this. You, you know, we, we, we are probably the most lax state in the union <clears throat> when it comes to, well, we allow open carry. You can, you can carry your weapon. You can carry your AR-15 over your shoulder in Tennessee just to prove how big your balls are. <clears throat> and and, and, and it, it, it's all right. It's fun. It's great. It's, 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 wow, what a feeling. We can, we can have an automatic weapon. You can have all the guns. And the, you, you can have probably bandoleros of, 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 of you know, of, of gun, of, of shells around your chest and, and feel like, you know, Pancho Villa on, on the most macho day of his life or something. And, and that's okay in Tennessee. That's the image. And this results in people getting killed. And it's, it's stupid, and it's deadly, and it's dumb, and it obviously is childish, and it's infantile, and it plays into male insecurity, I guess, and female insecurity fantasies. And you could go down a list forever for why this is not a good idea to have a permissive gun situation. It's good for one thing only, and that is for the, fina the financial end for the gun industry. That's it. 
or the, the NRA, which is basically pretty much a, uh, a name at this point. It, but it, it, it has enough force enough among enough people. It's gotten itself in plenty of trouble of late anyway. There's no good reason to have guns. Okay, now the argument is, well, we have to have guns. Why, why, why do we have to have guns? Well, the Second Amendment says we must, not only we have a right and we must have our guns. And then there was this thing called Heller. Uh, Heller was the decision, uh, I believe that was written by Alito, was it Alito or Scalise? I forget who wrote the, the decision. One of those conservative judges on the Supreme Court saying that basically there's no way in hell you can stop pretty much anyone from having a gun, certainly not at the federal level, but local, organ local states, of course, can kind of put in whatever rules they want. But there's no basic uh, restriction from having guns. That, that, came from a, that came from a case in Washington, D.C., where basically they felt that the, Washington, D.C. had gone too far in telling people, if you have a handgun, you got to keep it in a lockbox. You can't take it around. You got to keep it at home. It's got to be, no, too much, said this, the court. People have got to have more leeway in playing with their guns and having them available. You never know when you want to pull it out and shoot somebody. You never know when you're going to have to get into a gun battle. You never know when somebody on that dusty street in the middle of El Paso basically is going to challenge you to a gun duel and you've got to pull yours out of the holster. It's got to be there. That was the sort of the emotional or even the illogical nature of the decision that was written in Heller. All written in somewhat legalese language that, that would make it sound reasonable to have guns at the ready. Oh, and of course, well, you states get to, to do what you want. But we know that Washington, D.C. went way too far. You actually wanted people to keep their guns in a protected place in their home. Boy, what, are you crazy? How far do you think we're going to go? How much fun can people have with their guns if they have to keep them protected? And it's all about the Second Amendment, which I, I challenge, I've challenged my Republican gun-toting friends to tell me what does the Second Amendment say? And, 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 I, and I think it's worth repeating it at this time. The thing that everybody seems to rely on in order to give them permission to have and proliferate guns and say, we can't stop it, uh, it's, it's our constitutional right, it's even a demand, the Constitution even demands that we have guns. But never understanding a word of what the Second Amendment actually said. And clearly, the court in the Heller decision ignored the Second Amendment. It was a convoluted, it, it made about as much sense as killing Roe v. Wade. It was some of the worst legal reasoning, obviously from a purely political perspective, to basically come to an end that was good for the financial benefit of one little thin segment of the society and screwed the daylights out of everybody else simply because it was convenient and simply because, well, my friends who give me money help me with this. Oh, did I say that about a Supreme Court justice? Did I mention Clarence Thomas recently and all of the things that he's gotten? And, well, I never had to report any of those, those vacations that were given me the 
half million dollars worth of goodies on any one given year that I got from a huge conservative donor. He just happens to be a friend of mine. But there's no, there's no ethical issue. I'm not challenged ethically by receiving benefits from one of the largest conservative donors. And the fact that my wife, Ginny, was one of the people that tried to have the election overturned in favor of Donald Trump. Well, I, I'm not influenced by that. There's the, this is the supreme effing court of the United States. This is the bullshit that we're getting out of these people. And that's just not going to stand either. But, but, but getting back to the issue of what the Second Amendment says, I'm going to read it to you. Here is the Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. Understand, these amendments were passed after the main Constitution was voted on and passed in the summer of 1789, I guess. These amendments came up bit by bit, but two of them came up immediately because they weren't, they, the protections that the, 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 that, the, that the federal government felt should be out there for people were not included in the formulative document, in the, in the main document that defined the nature of the American uh, experiment, as we like to call it, that said, here, here are the ground rules. Now, once we've got this thing established, we know how it works, we know what happens here, there, and everywhere else. Okay, now we can keep looking at it and saying, how do we make it better? Well, the first thing they made better was the First Amendment. And that was the one that basically, you know, and I'll read that one to you, the First Amendment. Uh, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. R remember where you are here. You're coming out of the Revolutionary War, the one we've won. And when you talk about the right uh, to have no imposition of religion or no prohibition of free speech or, 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 or of the press or the right of people to assemble peaceably. These are all things that were being denied to the colonists. And in the case of the Church of England, the, what, what is the Anglican or Episcopal, well, the Anglican Church, this was basically... If you weren't being, you weren't being necessarily forced to be an Anglican, but any position of power in the uh, in the colonies, if you wanted to be anyone who was anyone, if you wanted to be in a position of political power, your membership or your affiliation to the Anglican Church was a given. The Church, for all intents and purposes, and the state were incredibly intertwined. Back in England, they were one and the same. Or nearly so, anyway. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, the Second Amendment comes not too long after the first. Well, if you're reading it from on a page, it's right after it. But, but again, the way, the way the Second Amendment is expressed by people who are supposedly relying on it is as though it is a blanket permission slip to have guns, any gun, do whatever you want with it. It's, it's my, it's my God given. Here are the words 
of the Second Amendment, okay? The one that all of your Republican friends rely on. Here it is. Amendment 2. A well, it's only, by the way, it's, it's 23, I think it's 23 words or 27, 27 words. That's it's very small. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. What? What? what, 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 what m- militia? A, a what? What, what are you talking? No. Uh, I'll, let's, let's go by again. Let's, let's try it again. Let's try it again. These are the words of the Second Amendment, the one that everyone relies on for the right to have every gun in the world. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Let's stop right there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen words. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. What the hell does that mean to you? Any Republicans out there listening? Any, especially any Trumpians. If you're a Republican, just if you were a mainstream Republican, back when I was a Republican, when I was young, for a while anyway I was, you basically understand what those words mean. You understand that they are not a blanket allowance. It's not a permission slip to have a goddamn AR-15. No, they are a condition, they are a restriction, they are a limitation. Why can Congress not prohibit people from having guns? For one reason only, because if you don't have a gun, you can't be part of a well-regulated militia which is necessary for the security of a free state. When is this being written? It's being written while the blood and the guts and the and the difficulty and the insanity and the and the arrogant and the arrogant hubris and and the and and, and the rush of, of 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 achievement is still absolutely fresh in in the minds of and and the death and the destruction that went with it. It's fresh in the minds of the people who are writing and approving this document. And they know that if you are going to protect your country, we're looking back, we're looking at what we were like. How did the British manage to put us in a position where we had to fight like hell and barely made it through, where we were a ragtag nothing? We had to bring people out of the fields and, and we had to get... Why, why did we have to go through the type of incredibly uh, uh, difficult you know, process of, of, of getting people to even fight on behalf? Why did we have to you know, convince people first it would be a good idea to preserve this thing or, or, or to get rid of England and start a country? What we didn't have nationally, nationally was a well-regulated militia. We didn't have an army. When this was written, we still didn't have an army. We didn't have an official anything. 
But we, we realize what we were missing when we went into the revolution was a well-regulated militia. Some kind of a group that could be called on. A militia is a group that's there, it's in the ready, it's not perpetually living in military camps, it is not a professional military, it's a militia. It's a group of people who understand that when the government says, come together to protect the nation, you go, you are part of a group, and you are well regulated. You basically operate under laws and regulations of the government. That's why we need to have no prohibition of guns. And once again, we get back to the situation as it was at the time immediately after when this was at the time when this was written. Think about this. Your gun in 1789 and shortly thereafter, and for quite some time thereafter, while we still remained basically an agrarian country, your gun was your mechanism for, if you wanted to have meat on the table, if you wanted to have something other than whatever you grew on your land or were able to barter or trade with the next farmer over because the vast majority of the country, other than main cities, was living an agrarian life. You grew and ate what you were going to grow, what you, what you lived on, but the meat that you added to it, the things you, you hunt, you had to hunt. You had to hunt for rabbit. You had to hunt for squirrel. You may have hunted for, you may have gone for wild boar. You may have gone for a number of other things that were huntable and edible. You might have gone for deer, whatever you had. You had a long rifle, the big old ancient long, you know, uh, military rifles, and base, inaccurate as all hell, but that was your vehicle for feeding yourself. And it was a protective measure. It was your vehicle for basically making sure that you weren't attacked by an animal. Or perhaps you found yourself in a situation where there was uh, uh, encroachment on your land. You were bumping up against the natives who were there. You were basically pushing them out. You were basically on their land. But it was your way of balancing the odds. And we were still in a relatively violent, as much as the Enlightenment was coming upon us, or had come upon us by the time this document was written, using the Enlightenment of Hobbes and people like that, and the different writings of the people, to understand that we no longer needed to live in a land of kingships, that kings and royalty were not the way that humans were supposed to function in a political environment. Men, it wasn't one guy on top anointed by God and everybody below. That wasn't the way it was supposed to be. No. But even recognizing that, the you have to recognize the reality of the time, that we're going to need to protect ourselves from what just happened with England. To keep that from happening again, we're going to need a militia. And we put it in an amendment. We, have, we have to have a militia. We have to make sure it's well-regulated. 
And for that reason, no other reason is given, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security. How do we keep ourselves from being attacked and taken over again by the UK? By use of a well-regulated militia. Well-regulated by whom? By the country. By the federal government. Not by anyone who can get their goddamn hands on a gun and start shooting things up and go for target practice and just have a little fun and kick up some dirt and have a great old time. No, it's for the purpose of a militia controlled by the government for the purpose of protecting the free state that we live in. That's why there isn't supposed to be any prohibition. There should be no prohibition against guns. Now, even insofar as that goes, the prohibition would basically be uh, to, it would, be, it would limit you, limited to what was required for a militia. So an AR, should you have your own AR-15? Well, no. If, if there was a weapon that was basically beyond the pale of what was required or usable by a militia, no. Should that women, weapon be permitted? No. It's whatever is required to basically make sure that a well-regulated militia can be maintained by the government. That's what the Second Amendment says. It doesn't say free-for-all, everybody, National Rifle Association, everybody have a gun, gun manufacturer, gun lobbyists, everybody gets to have a gun. No red flag laws. Everybody, every have a gun. That's what the Second Amendment says. The Second Amendment says the goddamn opposite. But if you want to pretend, if you want to believe the bullshit and the lies that have come out of the, of the far right, if you want to believe the worst decision ever, one of the worst decisions, other than I, I, I would say that the Dobbs decision taking down Roe v. Wade was, was up there as well, but the Heller decision was, was abysmal. It ignored the entire first half of the Second Amendment. It ignored the history, the meaning, the reason why Congress was not supposed to put out uh, any legislation prohibiting and using guns. It said, well, well, well militia, militia, yeah, that, that's old-fashioned. Well, we'll just forget that, that it was there. What, what the Congress really intended when they wrote the Second Amendment was that once the militia was no longer needed, then that part of it, the, the ink disappeared. It was, it was invisible. It, the ink became invisible. We, we, we didn't have to think about that. Forget about what we are, strict constructionists and everything, and we will only go with whatever, whatever the Constitution says. But in this case, well, the ink disappeared when the need, when a government militia, you know, when we started having normal armies and navies and the Marines, and, and we had put all that stuff together, and there were separate departments of government. Once that happened, the ink disappeared on the Second Amendment. Any mention of a militia just either isn't there or you can look past it. No, you can't. The only reason that the Second Amendment was put out there was so that there could be a federal militia well 
regulated in order to protect the country. Not so that every Yahoo out there could have an AR-15 or whatever the hell they felt like and, and brag to their friends about their collection of 20 guns and find out that their kid just got killed and find out that they're, or that their kid or they themselves are going out and blowing somebody up. That's not what the Second Amendment is about, what it says. It's the exact opposite. It's about, it's about control and restriction. And if anyone tries to tell you otherwise, pull out a copy. Show them these 27 words. And to ask them, challenge them. Now, do you not see the first seven, was it seven? What did we say it was? How many? A, well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. One, two, three, the first, the first, the first 13 words. Do you not see it? Can, can you not read that part? Do they, is it like, is there a little, a little, are they in parentheses? Is there an arrow saying, don't read this part of the Second Amendment? Ignore this part of it. It no longer matters. It didn't matter the second we had a standing army. All this thing is about is the last half, the, 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 the second half of it. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Even, even that, what is infringed? Does infringed mean a that the government must be completely hands-off? And, and that's, that's, a, that's a valid argument on how we interpret. Well, we've interpreted that states have a right to go ahead and to uh, have different controls on, um, on, on, on what happens within their borders. But basically, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Not, not how my particular state has a militia. No, this is a federal constitution, people. Okay, so, so the, the Second Amendment, on top of everything else, all of, all of the bullshit that we've been getting for, for decades now, about this absolute permission slip that the Constitution gives to people to have and use guns any damn way they please. It's a load of crap. There is no permission slip. I don't care how the hell Heller was decided. It was a completely political decision that misread the Constitution for the sake of coming to a conclusion. Namely, that the gun manufacturer shall continue to have unfettered access to everybody and people shall continue to get paid off and your, and your campaign coffers shall continue to be filled by the gun industry provided you have a 99 or a 100% rating with the NRA or however those things are measured. And it's about money, it's about power, it's about control. It is not about history, it is not about constitutionalism, it is not about the the, the law, the first law, the Constitution. It is a conscious lie, a conscious misinterpretation, which by now has filtered down to about 20, 25% of the country with the assistance of any other lies that others can get them to believe. You can realize we're going back to Trump and others in a moment over here. But it's just another in the collection of lies, of fantasies, that makes up the, 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 the ultra-right-wing, the MAGA conservative playbook. It's lie on top of lie on top of lie. The big lie, the worst of the lies, 
right now at least anyway, I won the election. The election was stolen. Well, that, that makes about as much sense as saying that the Second Amendment says everybody gets to use a gun for whatever they want to use it for. And the, or the ink disappeared after, after we no longer had a need for a federal militia. No, what we, never had, what we didn't have any more need for was the Second Amendment. If you're going to have the ink disappear on the Second Amendment, the whole damn amendment needs to disappear, namely because we are no longer reliant on a federal militia for the protection of a free state. And we're not talking about individual state militias. You go through the history of it. This is not what it was about. It was about being part of a controlled, regulated military environment. And even if it were down to the state level, who in any given state has to be part of a state militia in order to own a gun? Show me a state rule that talks about that. The Second Amendment has been ignored. The very people who are pushing and yelling and screaming that you have, it's a Second Amendment right have no goddamn idea what the hell it says, or if they do know what it says, what it says in a completely cynical denial of that in order to push their own agendas and make money by selling guns, and it's a huge multi-billion dollar business in this country. They basically lie, and there's enough people who are willing to go along with it because it's marketed as this macho thing. I've got a gun, and I can do, and you know what I could do to you? You know what? You don't like what I just said? Say it to my gun. Tell my gun. that, that See this thing here in my, that I could legally carry, a sidearm? You see this over here? The thing I'm patting right now as I'm talking to you. You don't like, you don't like what I said to you? You don't, like, you don't like that? Say it to this. That's, yes, it, it's, it's a conversation starter or ender or weapon of mass destruction. Donald, of course, would, would, you know, when, when, Donald, when Donald went to an NRA convention and, and literally hugged the flag, I'm surprised the flags didn't melt. I'm surprised they didn't, they didn't go on fire as he hugged the flag, if any of you remember that particular image. This is the sickness, the illness of what's going on in this country. And, and we have to call it out for what it is. Okay, that's the baseline. Okay, the arguments about the Second Amendment is a complete crock of shit. The argument that says the Second Amendment gives us the right to have any gun any way we want is a total bullshit story. It's not real. It's not, it's completely fake. It is, if, you, if, if you'd like to believe it, fine. But understand that, you're, that you can't read an English sentence if you believe that that's what it says. Or you're trying to imagine that somehow the ink disappeared and this, that, that, that stuff about a militia just it doesn't mean anything anymore. Now, now back to Tennessee. Let's see, which, 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 which mass killing was this? This was the one from about 10, 11, now about 11 days ago, the six kids, the three kids, the nine-year-olds, and the three people. Because we just had the one in Kentucky. Was that yesterday's mass killing? Uh, but another, uh, another eight, you know, automatic weapons thing. Oh the, oh, the, oh, the local police didn't want to say what kind of gun was used. That was very interesting in that one. We'll get to Kentucky in a minute here. 
So two, three different lawmakers uh, who are being stopped uh, in their efforts to basically demand that Tennessee, which has one of the most permissive sets of laws in the country, uh, basically take up the issue of gun restriction, re restrictive legislation concerning the use, the holding, and, and the use of guns, they are being shouted down by, or they are being shut off again and again by the wildly lopsided, Republican lopsided state legislature. They are being told again and again, you have no, no say in this. And what's happened is that as these, two, the, these three people get up to speak, the two Justins and, and I forget what her name is, 60-year-old uh, um, uh, white female teacher, can't think of her name offhand. But the two Justins and her, as they speak, if, 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 the, if the speaker, whoever is controlling the micro, doesn't like or feels that they're saying too much, that they really don't feel comfortable about hearing more about having gun restrictions and having reasonable laws and debating whether or not the, the laws in Tennessee are inappropriate, they simply get shut off. They get turned off. Their microphones get shut off. So finally, the Tennessee Three, these three people, basically come walking onto the chamber floor with a bullhorn, because the bullhorn you can't shut off unless someone wants to tackle you and take it away. And they begin discussing rather directly and loudly, not, not violently, not, not in any way, shape, or form, but begin discussing the need for legislation using a bullhorn because you can't use the microphones because they keep getting cut off. Well, well. We, 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 can't, we, we can't have, no, my God. We, we told you to stop talking about this. We can't, we're not going to, we can't do anything about it. This, this seems to be the position that the, the MAGA right has basically, it, it's now, it, I think it's being said openly. There's nothing we can do. Rather than even go through the, the, the go through the, the the sickening false exercise of saying, really, it's 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 people that kill people, not guns. They they don't even bother coming up with that lie anymore. It's just there's nothing we can do, and that would appear to be an accession to the the fictitious Second Amendment. It's, that's still appealed to, the fictitious Second Amendment, the one where the ink on the first 13 words disappeared. Okay? So, so that's where they're at now, the MAGA Republicans, and certainly the MAGA group that is running the Tennessee legislature. So these folks get cut off again and again, go and do their bullhorn session, Basically, there is a vote taken thereafter, and the three leaders of the bullhorn session, the ones who were trying to get some kind of rational discussion to deal with the fact that Tennessee's laws are the most absurd, well, not maybe the most absurd, but close to the most absurd laws in regarding the, the restriction on the use of guns and the purchase and sale and use of guns in the country, trying to discuss this, how dare they a few days out from the massacre of three nine-year-old kids and three adults by someone who walks in with an AR-15 type weapon and just blows them away. And the cops are right nearby. They get there as quick as they can. But 
Of course, the weapon, the bullets can travel a little faster than cops and patrol cars. How dare they want to talk about this? How dare they politicize this? The same old crap all over again. And no, our hopes and our prayer, you have our hopes and our prayers, but there's nothing we can do about it. This is America, and we have a Second Amendment. And, well, look, we have laws on the books, which we passed, and basically there's nothing we could do about it that we want to do about it because, well, well, because we're getting money from various gun-related organizations and we value our power and our money far more than we value an innocent nine-year-old kid's life. That's the bottom, 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 bottom line to all of this. Oh, and we're afraid, we're afraid of, well, we're, well, I have to fill out the equation ever so slightly. We're afraid the base would vote us out. Well, you see, if the base were told that here are the laws and all rational Republicans running for office now accept the fact that we have to have laws protecting nine-year-olds from being murdered, then they'd have no one else to vote for, would they? If there was a unified effort on the part of MAGA Republicans not to give in to the MAGA base that they, well, that they and Donald have created, because basically Donald is a permission slip for acting out every childhood tantrum you've ever had in your life. Donald is a permission slip for basically saying, you did, you did wrong by me, wah, 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 kick your feet on the floor, lie around, roll, cry, and basically say, I can do anything I want because basically you di you, you're bad to me, you're mean to me, you're unfair to me. When all that's unfair is my, my lack of desire to play by the rules. And, and no one calls the little kid on this, you understand, okay? He just keeps having the same tantrum. Well, now we have a MAGA base, and the MAGA base has been told tantrums will get you everything. Have a tantrum. Keep the tantrum going. No one's going to call you on it. Don't worry. Just have the tantrum, and everything will basically go your way. And just keep yelling and screaming and jumping up and down. There are no adults. The adults will not intervene. Don't worry about that part. Just have the, because the adults are all busy being paid off. So, so don't worry about them. Have your damn tantrum. And the base is basically living in a Trump, in a Trump-fueled MAGA world in which a constant state of tantrum is the way you basically express your control. That you're not, you will never be called to check You'll, be never, you'll never be brought to bear to have to basically stand down from a tantrum. They're acting out in the real world, in legislation, Trump's own inability to control himself. Have a tantrum, yell and scream, jump up and down, threaten everybody, make them afraid of you, and just basically serve your 
own personal demons. Do not think in terms of the people that you basically will be affecting or hurting. Think only about yourself, your own fears. Just exacerbate and amplify your own fears. Keep kicking, the, the, kicking and screaming on the ground. Have that tantrum. Don't notice. Don't notice the effects of the stupidity that you're actually now codifying. Don't notice what, don't make a cause and effect. Do not connect the insanity of laws that leave it completely open to carrying any kind of weapon. You Don't figure out that there is a connection between that and a dead nine-year-old with his brains blown out inside a Christian school by a former employee of the school. There was um, something that, that definitely got my attention yesterday. And it's, it's, it's so worth mentioning this. Uh, I, I kind of semi-alluded to it earlier. Um, we, we have part of, the, part of the litany, part of the, 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 the post-event litany of, of gun massacres in this country, you know, however many we have to reporting on, one a week, one a day, you know, whoever. Been. It's our hopes and prayers go out to you, which is meaningless, of course. It's, again, that, that's become a, um, that, that, that's just basically a ritualistic uh, way of saying, shut the hell up, there's nothing we can do about it, our money is more important. <coughs> the, <coughs> Michael Steele, who um, I was never a big fan of his. He was, he was elected uh, head, he was elected chair of the Republican National Committee. I think this is, was this back under Bush? I think it was under, it might have been, was it Trump or Bush? I forget. He was, the, he was the fifth choice. They couldn't decide who the hell they wanted to elect. Michael Steele, black man, was elected, finally elected, the chair of the Republican National Committee. A pretty powerful, pretty powerful role. And to his credit, over time, saw the stupidity and the weirdness that was Trump and everything that was going on, has since left the Republican Party, is a regular commentator for MSNBC. Steele, I, I find, is a, he's, he's glib, he's smart, he, he knows how to make a good point, he makes a great TV presenter. But I still, I've, I've always been a little, bit uncomfortable with him. I, I kind of see the, I, I, I still have this sense of uh, finding a way, uh, he, he's, he, he's negotiating. He's negotiating his statements more than just feeling them, I feel, sometimes. Yesterday changed my opinion of that forever. He said, you know, and, and, and yesterday was a day on MSNBC when they were talking about, they were talking about, by the way, one of those three people, one of the, the two, there were two black guys and one white woman. The two black guys got kicked out of the Tennessee legislature. One of them was reinstated yesterday, day and a half later. And the, second, and the other one will be reinstated tomorrow. And, it's, 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 and, 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 and the Tennessee legislature looks like the biggest bunch of, of asinine yahoos and the world has seen how stupid they are and all of the... And it's just, it, it's just nuts. And, and, and Steele says yesterday on air, as they're discussing the fact that they're, that they're about to bring in 
this first of the t- of the two black legislators. Not the white one, the white women, by the way, did not get kicked out. Just the two black legislators got kicked out. You know, they were being a, bit, a little bit too uppity, I think, for the for the for their uh, for the for the House chamber there. Steele said, you know, so much for thoughts and prayers. What they should be doing is showing pictures of the children's brains and guts blown out and spread on the floor and against the walls and on the bodies of the other children that were killed. And it was, whoa, sort of a shocking thing. And then he said, you know, because this is what, this is what Emmett Till's mother did. Back in, back in the early 50s, remember, remember the story of Emmett Till? I think it was about 1953, somewhere like that. I think this was in, was it in Kentucky where this happened? Um, he was a, he was like a 13 or a 14-year-old kid, short little, little short kid, black guy. And somebody said that he had whistled at a white girl that he saw passing by, that he, that he somehow showed some sign of, hey, you're good looking, and that he did it with a whistle or something. You know, you know, a wolf whistle. Or, I, I don't know. No one ever determined exactly what actually happened, if, if anything happened at all. But somehow it was felt that he had given undue attention to a white woman that he passed on the street, which is a pretty crazy thing to do back then in hyper, you know, uh, Jim Crow segregation days. But whatever, for whatever reason, Emmett Till may or may not have done this. This little short 13, 14-year-old kid. Short kid, very short. Maybe it's part of his own ego. He was lynched. He, well, he wasn't, no, he wasn't lynched as in hung. He was lynched as in murdered. And they mutilated his body horribly. Because no uppity black kid is going to, how dare you? Well, we, you know, we showed him. And his mother, devastated, obviously, by this, but, but, but living in a world where this was altogether possible and happened in some form or another all too often, did something that no one had done before at his funeral. At a, of course, at an all-black funeral home. That's the only way it could have been done. She said, I want you to open the coffin, and I want people to see my son's body. I want you to see what they did to him. And what they showed was his body was not much was done to try to, the the obvious extent of the brutality and the horror that had been inflicted on this kid was very apparent. And it is said, and it is reasonably said, that you can trace the start, the major start of the civil rights movement to when Emmett Till's mother made the decision to show the world the horrors of what this was all about. Not just people going, yeah, I know they're uppity and I don't want them around and they're no good, blah, 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 blah. And you go about your lily white perfect life and no one bothers you and everything is fine. You don't have to confront the product of your ignorance and your anger. You don't have to basically deal with what happens when you have this perpetual temper tantrum. You don't have to deal what happens to people, how you change life. You don't have to see it. You can simply feel it and have your temper tantrum forever. 
And what came out of that was the civil rights movement. And what Michael Steele said yesterday is, I want people, and I, it'll take the parents to do this, it'll take others also in, the, in their family, if it's not you know, a young kid. I want people to start authorizing the view of the bodies. I want people to start showing what happens when you blast somebody with an automatic weapon, when you drop 20, you know, 10 or 20 rounds into, some, into a six-year-old or a nine-year-old kid's body. I want you to see what happens when you blow out somebody's brains with, a, with an automatic weapon. I want Americans to understand what these damn things are capable of doing, why they are implements of war. Not just, no, right now they are implements of macho. For enough people, it is simply something that you hold on to. And, maybe, and by the way, when, when the, when the uh, Civil War comes, when, when the Great Rebellion comes and we have to fight the government, that's going to come because the government, well, what's the government going to do to you? Well, they're going to take our guns away. Th th that's all we're worried about because, well, our guns are all that stand between us and the government. W what is it that the government is doing that you, they, that you are... Do you Social Security? Do you get any kind of Medicare, Medicaid? Do you, uh, do you, are, you, are, you, are you getting Obamacare? Do you, uh, are you getting food stamps? Are you getting any? But, what, they're, they're, no, they're, they're out to take my guns away. It gets, it, gets, it gets nuttier and stupider as you go. And Michael said, show them. Show them the results. Show them the bottom line of your ignorance and anger and macho. Show them where this leads. And maybe, just maybe, we might be on the verge of another revolution, another real, honest-to-God set of changes away. Now, this, this can be added to the women's movement. This, I mean, I was going to, I had a thing in my head that I was going to do a, a whole thing on um, uh, 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 mephepratone, Mephiprotone, the, 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 uh, the abortion drug or the two, part of the two-pill abortion regimen uh, that was uh, uh, the 20-year approval that was already out by the FDA that was simply blown away by some Trump-appointed judge down in El Paso, and this is the next crazy situation. I, I was going to go there, but I figured guns and killing would be a great place to go. Show us, show us the results of what these things can do. Take away the cleanliness of it. Demonstrate what you can do with a weapon that is designed for one thing only, to create the quickest and most horrible death you can imagine, because that is the quickest death using these things, with exploding bullets and hollow shells and, 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 and huge uh, magazines where you can just keep firing. And show us what they do. Let's have a real show and tell. Let's have a show and tell. Let Americans see, or let all those Americans see who are just so absolutely wrapped up in the need to be macho and, and so afraid of their, of their masculinity and everything else, or, I don't know, their, their misstated femininity, what, what, would, what this thing is really all about. Show the rest of the country. And then let's have another conversation. 
Then let's talk to legislatures and talk to the federal government and put that picture up on a wall and say, I dare you to tell me that you can't do something about that. I dare you. While the picture of a nine-year-old kid with their guts and their brains blown out is sitting on a screen in front of them. I dare you to say, it's out of my hands. The first 13 words of the Second Amendment disappeared. We, we passed laws and now we can't change them. Everybody has to have a gun. I dare you to just stare at it and walk away. Thank you for that thought, Michael Steele. And I offer it to the entire country. Look at this. Don't tell me how powerful and macho. Don't threaten because, I, because you feel threatened. Don't turn it into a threat. Turn it into an obligation. Turn it into humanity. Turn it into a care and a respect for others around you and for yourself. Rise above this, this constant state of fear that you have to be living in in order to clutch these crazy weapons to your chest. Stop listening to the people who are just making money off of you. They're, you're being grifted as badly as you're being grifted by Don. Donald, the billionaire. I need your money. Oh, let's send him some money. But he's a billionaire. Well, but he needs my money. Well, because, well, I have to, I have, it's my way of becoming part with the, you know, the insanity of all that for another time. Put that picture up in the legislature, be it state or local or federal, and just put it up there of kids being absolutely blown away. And then, oh no, you're, you're politicizing it. No, no, I'm showing you. Show and tell. It's probably what the kids were doing just before they got blown away. Here's what it looks like. Here's what this thing can do. This thing that, that really, well, it wasn't the gun. Well, tell me how you do that without the gun. And I dare anyone, I dare anyone to sit there and say, well, I can't, we can't, we can't do anything. By God, you can. And you must. And I'll let you in on a secret. You will. Oh, you will. A little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Enough of the thoughts and prayers, enough of the BS that there's nothing we can do about it. We're just stuck with the Second Amendment. What we say about the Second Amendment, for the most part, is a lie. It does not give full license to have anything you want and shoot it off any way you want. There has to be responsibility. You want to change things in this country? Put up pictures in state legislatures of the dead bodies of six and nine-year-olds and let's see people jar and say we can't do anything.